Welcome to Breakthrough, the podcast that helps you to get unstuck, move forward, move on, and finally break through to that next level that you have been looking for. I'm Mickey Ruthman, transformational breakthrough coach, speaker, and author, and your host right here on the Breakthrough Podcast. So get ready to break the barriers and break the limitations, and let's dive right on into this week's episode of Breakthrough. My guest on this week's episode. Mimi Necklin is the author of Softening the Edge, an experienced marketer and communications specialist and a well-known empathetic leader. For over 15 years, she has been working across the globe with her clients to drive standout creative interventions that lead to business and culture change. Driven by the pursuit of bringing conscientiousness to the role and impact of regenerative leadership, she is committed to working with leaders around the world to transform workplaces into more valuable and sustainably healthy places to be. Mimi hosts a weekly online breakfast show, Empathy for Breakfast, that provides business leaders, marketers, and communicators with a dose of insight, inspiration, and practical knowledge that will empower them to navigate the week ahead with empathy. Her podcast, Secrets of the Gap, is available on most of the top podcast platforms as well. Having lived and worked in London, Hong Kong, Singapore, Cape Town, and Dubai, Mimi's uniquely global perspective changes organizations from the inside out, focusing on cultural, behavioral, and mindset change. She's a natural coach, writer, and creative mind, and has held roles as diverse as strategic director, global vice president, and regional creative officer in some of the world's leading advertising agencies. Mimi's passion for balancing humanism with capitalism drives her commitment to leading the practice of regenerative and empathetic leadership, and her principles principles of people into organizations worldwide. So guys, please help me to welcome Mimi Nicklin to this week's episode of Breakthrough. Hello there, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast. So I hope you are all doing well and that wherever you're finding yourself in the world, in what can only be called these very strange times where most of us are on lockdown in our homes still and um, there is the COVID-19 outbreak around the world. I do hope that you guys are being safe and taking care of yourself and of others and really practicing self-love and self-care because we really need to do that at this time. But also checking in with others to see how they are doing, um, you know, on an emotional and a spiritual and a mental level and a physical level as well. And that is why this week I'm speaking to, as you heard in the intro, Mimi Nicklin. Now, I have seen this change a lot over the last two years, not just in organizations that I work with in South Africa, but around the globe. And that is something called empathetic leadership, where leadership of organizations are starting to realize more and more that, you know, EQ and investing in their their staff and their teams on an emotional level really is the way to go. And it kind of sounds like the opposite that we know about business, right? Because business always feels like it's got to be all stuff and it's all about the numbers and it's all about ROI and about goals and deadlines and things like that. And as you'll hear in this episode, it doesn't mean those things need to disappear or fall by the wayside when you 
practice and implement an empathetic leadership style or model in your organization. So if you are in leadership, executive leadership, you're leading a team, you're part of an organization, please do listen to this episode because especially now, guys, it is always important for us to be empathetic, but especially now with COVID-19 and people being in lockdown and a whole lot of change that has just happened around the world and in most of our lives and people being unsure, uncertain and anxious and in fear. This is really key right now. So do listen to this episode. Mimi really gives some great information and advice on how you can implement empathetic leadership in your respective organization. So guys, without further ado, here we go. Here is my chat with Mimi Nicklin. So guys, please help me to welcome Mimi to the Breakthrough Podcast. Mimi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Tell me you're in Dubai, right? I am. I am in Dubai in all of its heat today. Heat today. Uh, it's quite, well, it's beautiful weather there usually from what I've seen. But uh, are you guys in lockdown as well right now? We are. We've had our lockdown slightly loosened um, in the last couple of weeks, but we still have quite stringent measures in place, curfews all kinds of legal uh, requirements around masks and fines. And so, yes, it's slightly different from your South African reality, but uh, we're still at home. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we're all busy adapting slowly but surely to this, but it is getting a bit much, I think, for most people. It's been a long time. We've been at home a little bit longer than you guys, so for about 13 weeks now. Um, so yeah, long time. Yeah, that is quite a while, eh? Yeah, well, if you guys can do it, so can we. It's good to hear. And uh, on that note, I mean, it's it just proves again that, you know, we as people are all going through stuff and we're going through the same kind of stuff on different levels. And um, it helps to hear someone else is surviving 13 weeks because that just mirrors to me that we can as well, which is fantastic to hear. Yeah. So Mimi, I always say that, you know, everyone has a story behind why they do what they do. and I believe you're no different. So if you could give our listeners a bit of a background, why is it that you're doing what you do? What is it that you do? Describe that to them as well. But why did you decide to go in this direction? Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you so much. I think um, everyone's got very good reasons for doing what they're doing. And uh, for sure, my work in the empathy space, um, which is what, is what I call my purpose work or my passion work, I have a day job. I run an advertising agency for a, a global brand up here in Dubai for the region. Um, and I've been in advertising and communications my whole career. So I've, I've done that all around the world. But my, as I said, my purpose work or my passion work at the moment um, is what I'm focusing on, which is the work around the area of empathy and how we imbue more empathy into society, but predominantly into workplaces um, and how we might just start to change the conversation and the awareness a little bit around empathy, what it is, why we should use it, how we should use it, and and just start to change the dynamics of work. Because I think well before COVID, uh, we already were in need of a change, you know, with the levels of sort of burnout and anxiety and that type of thing going on. So yeah, so my goal, my passion is really to elevate the conversation and just to get more people talking about empathy and thinking about how it can, how it can change our everyday. Hmm. Absolutely. And sort of why, why do you feel that empathy is a big deal, especially in corporate? Gosh, um, you know, for me, so I've been studying this for just over two years now, specifically in the empathy space, but it's 
a skill set that I have been using, I guess, almost inadvertently my whole career. Um, the reality is we have an empathy deficit in the world. We've seen empathy declining for the last 30 years. So for three decades consistently, uh, the levels of empathy around the world have been in decline. And there's a whole lot of social sort of macroeconomic impacts of that. Um, obviously, none of them you can directly or solely link to empathy, but areas such as loneliness, anxiety, depression, even suicide. Um, and obviously, when you have these issues in society, we have an issue in our workplaces. Um, and that, you know, filters down to being things like burnout, which is a phrase that sadly everybody knows now. Um, and it's rising in, in, you know, monumental levels. And just the reality is people aren't enjoying their work. And at least lots of us aren't enjoying our work. And for me, um, you know, five-sevenths of our week is in work. And if you're not really thriving in those, those five-sevenths of your week, you should be. So that's really my driver and why I think it's so important. I just think we should enjoy our work. Yeah, I always say that it's the five-seven, but it's also if you look at the amount of hours we're awake, out of a 24-hour day, we're awake about 12 of those usually. Yep. Um, and usually you spend about eight to nine of those, you know, at work. So if you're unhappy, it's, it's the bulk of your life, right? Um, that you're actually spending at work and with the people you work with. So it really is important. And especially I think now with COVID-19 and everything that's going on, all the changes that we've rapidly and suddenly been through, it's, you know, everyone's rattled, emotions are running high and everyone's had to sort of not just adapt, but everything's changed, like from your home life to your work life to all of that stuff. But from your point of view, Mimi, what, what does empathic leadership look like in this time with all of this change that's going on and the uncertainty people are facing as well? Yeah, I think it's such a good question. And of course, it's one that um, we're talking about all the time at the moment. I think, you know, I like to, to tell a story pre-COVID. Um, I remember, so back in November, my mum uh, was talking to me about my book that I just wrote, which is all about empathic leadership. And I remember her saying to me, well, darling, who wants to read a book about empathy? <laughs> and um, I said, well, thank you know, thanks for the vote of confidence, mum. But I do believe that in 2020, lots of people are going to want to read about empathy and leadership because, you know, the time has come. We, we just can't sustain this level of growth, this level of momentum, this level of always on, this level of, like you just said, 12 hours a day working. You know, it's it's not sustainable and people are getting ill and people are unhappy. And what COVID-19 has done in those few months since that conversation back in November is um, has fast-tracked all of those conversations. So if we needed, you know, more empathy in, in our jobs and in our leadership teams before, then for sure we need it now um, more than ever. So, you know, I think it's about the state of our people. That's why I believe in empathetic leadership. I think, um, you know, we can't, People can't get sick, whether that's physically or emotionally, from doing their jobs. That's not okay. You're on Absolutely. Music. I fully agree with that. And, and that's the thing. I think that, uh, you know, we've all gotten so used to burying everything. I don't know if it's like that all over the world, but especially in South Africa, we're brought up with a lot of shame around our feelings um, and our emotions and the things we're going through on a private level. But, you know, in reality, the moment you're willing to speak about it, 
to somebody, you usually find out that it's either a me too situation or they can empathize because they either know someone or they have been through something similar. So I think shame has kept a lot of people from bringing empathy, not just into the workplace, but into our day-to-day lives, our existence. And, you know, COVID-19 is, um, you're 100% right. It's a catalyst for that. But the time has come, especially in leadership and in, in corporates, for people to actually, you know, in South Africa, for instance, what we've seen, and it's, it's really a common thing, but, you know, the only way we understand each other as humans, I always say that it's literally getting to know the person. What's their story? Um, why are they who they are? Or why are they doing the things they do? Because that's how you can have more empathy. Because if someone, for instance... Uh, went through a childhood experience where they have trust issues. Once you know that, you treat them a little differently. You know, you, you kind of understand where they're coming from if they don't trust you straight off the bat. So I think it's really key that we bring that into corporate. But what I'd love to know from you is, so my personal story from my side when it comes to empathy, firstly, I am an empath which um, has its challenges in itself, especially when you're in the business world. But before I went into life coaching, I was in business coaching, I did business speaking, and it was very much a man's world. You know, it was that you had to be that, um, you're in a suit and you're this, I had balls, basically. (laughs) I had to have balls. And uh, I wasn't really being my authentic self. It was kind of the role you felt you had to play um, in that space. And what I found is that when I went through that, it felt to me like as a female leader that I couldn't show my empathic side because it was, you know, we we see it as a weakness, especially women are told very often that we're over-emotional. So what I'd like to ask you is in terms of gender roles, male and female, how, how different do we approach that in the workplace when it comes to being an empathic leader? Look, I think it's such a valid question and uh, I'm sort of bracing myself for for more and more people to ask me this. And when a woman asks me, I feel quite comfortable with it. When a man asks me, I always feel quite defensive about it because the reality is empathy isn't a male or female skill, right? It's actually a survival skill. We were were born with it. Um, Modern civilization was, was developed based on it. Uh, all of us have it and you know it's a skill that you can hone so some of some people may be more naturally empathetic or less so um, but it is a skill that you can learn like any other leadership skill or any other skill you know riding a bike whatever it is if you practice it you get better at it Um, so empathy in itself doesn't have a gender bias it's not something that either sex can do more or less of but of course um, there is an understanding in society that women do it more more naturally and I agree with you. When I came through my career, um, I had to fight quite hard for all of these years to not um, become more masculine, you know, um, and, and to say, no, I'm going to lead with, with empathy, with kindness, with compassion, um, and that's okay. But it's often in, in the business world where I felt um, that I needed my promotions as I went through the corporate world um, in order to sort of defend that leadership choice. Because for sure there are men out there that say, you know, it's too soft for the boardroom and all of those things. The reality is that we're not talking about soft skills. In fact, being empathetic in the working environment is really, really hard. Uh, And sustaining it, I can tell you, as someone that leads a team every day, is even harder. So, you know, I think one of the most important things is probably to move the discussion away from whether it is something that's more 
naturally any any sex um, and more around how we use it and when we use it because as I said there are both men and women who are going to benefit from this and the evidence out there now to show that it not only grows and nurtures our people but grows our businesses um, you know any business leader whoever they are wants wants that wants to grow their people and their teams do you find perhaps that um, both men and women actually but I think men men more specifically but that they 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 view empathy almost as uh, a weakness at the end of the day because I I'm actually going to ask you because I'd love to hear your view on it. I had a client, a corporate client, the other day. She's the CEO of a company, um, and she actually asked me because I put something out there and I said to her, you know what? I want you guys to be vulnerable about how you're feeling, what you've been through, what your story is, and she uh, wanted to know from me: is it advisable that? she'd be vulnerable and share her story with her team since she's the one who has to lead them. And she was quite concerned about that she's going to look weak, which for me, you know, I actually said to her that at the end of the day, if you're the one who's got it all together and you have the perfect life, that's the, the fastest people won't resonate with you to begin with. But I don't view it as weakness when you're vulnerable. So what is your take on if someone does sort of see this as, okay, so if I'm going to lead as an empathic leader, will I not be seen as weak by the people that I'm leading? I, again, really good question because I think lots of people have that perception and, and the answer is absolutely not because empathy really in the business world, and obviously there's a scale of, of empathy, um, it's about judgment, right? Empathy is the ability to stand in someone else's shoes um, and to make a, make a decision. So really, in many ways, what empathy allows you to do is have an input or a data set to make better decisions, to help your team, to, to look at your business differently, to, to sell more product, right? I mean, if you listen to Satya Nadella, who's the CEO of Microsoft, talk about innovation, he says the most key element to innovation, which is obviously the key element to Microsoft's growth, is empathy. Because if you can't empathize with your consumers, your clients, how are you going to sell to them? How are you going to make products that they want? So empathy is definitely not a weak, a weak skill. In fact, empathy comes from strength. You have to be a really strong leader to be able to walk in every day and manage a team with emotional intelligence at the foreground. And absolutely, when it comes to making business decisions, it's much easier not to empathize, right? It's easier to say, I'm going to cut that headcount. I'm going to make these redundancies. I'm going to do whatever it is you have to do. Look at the numbers and nothing else. Because you can sort of close your eyes and get on with it. It's the leaders that say, I understand that my job is to work for my people and not the other way around. And I truly believe that. My job every day, I get up every day to work for my team, not, not for them to work for me. Um, that takes strength and it takes unending energy. Um, so no, I, I don't think there's even a, a discussion today about whether empathy is, is, a, is a weakness or could be perceived as a weakness. Because fundamentally, the input that you're getting is a strength that allows you to, to make your, your team and your business decisions stronger. Mm. What I find interesting about that is if you look at marketing and sales, for instance, a lot of that is about emotions because you've got to make an emotional connection with your clients uh, or with your potential clients. So it already exists in the business space, just in different sort of ways already. But on that note, what I'd like to ask you is sort of what is the, what is the link between someone who's or having a team of people who is emotionally intelligent 
and performance, for instance, because I'm, I'm thinking now with the hat on of the CEOs listening to this and going, okay, that's great, but I'm thinking numbers and I'm thinking ROI and I'm thinking all of that stuff. So what, what can we see? What are the results of an empathic leadership module? Look, I can, I can answer that question in two ways. The, the short way, which I won't go into now in this conversation, but was the reason that I wrote my book um, was to tell the story of my business. Well, it's not my business, the business I run, um, my turnaround story, which was from a very broken business. I, I run a global brand um, to a really thriving, significantly successful business in, in about 18 to 24 months. And I would, I would really say that the majority of that turnaround and the money that came from it came from empathy or at least came from emotionally intelligent leadership. So I, I, the reason I can talk about it is because I've seen it and I've done it. And, and not just in this role, but this role had a very significant before and after, which helps, right, to sell the case. But on a macro level, there is plenty of data out there to show this. And if I quote just sort of one piece, there was some research done recently um, with um, the uh, top fortune 100 companies in the U.S., um, and what they saw was that um, in businesses where people use more emotional intelligence, they saw 10 to 15% higher sales results. And there was another piece attached to that, which was specifically in the tech sector. And they were looking at software engineers. And what they found was in the top 10% of the software engineers who were using emotional intelligence in the workplace, so connection, understanding, just generally being emotionally connected to their teams, they were developing software at three times the rate of the other 90%. Um, and these are just the stats that I sort of know off the top of my head. There is no ending data out there. You know, there's no end to it. Um, now more and more showing that emotionally intelligent organizations benefit from higher motivation, higher performance, better output, uh, more loyalty. So less staff turnover, less absenteeism. Um, yeah, there's, there's a very solid case. And uh, it's not just one study. There's multiple studies from, from Yale, from the UK, from all over the place that show now that, um, that yeah, emotionally-led businesses do better in the long run. Mm. And I think if they um, look at the cost of what it costs you in time and in money anyway, every time you've got to hire a new person um, to train them, to get them ready to work with clients, and also the, the effect it has on your clients because they keep having to work with a new person every time. You know, when you weigh that stuff up, it really is worthwhile investing in EQ and being an empathetic leader because at the end of the day, you know, I always say that you can view your team as this is my force, or you can view them as these are human beings. They all have feelings, including you. They all have personal lives, they all have issues, they all have a past. And the reality is that we can actually really empower those people. And it's worthwhile for you as a leader at the end of the day, right? Because if you empower them with these skills, and you connect with them on an emotional level, then that just means that they're going to give you that much more of themselves because there is more to give, right? Because I think that companies sometimes uh, in South Africa, especially what I've seen with a lot of the people I work with, is that they, they're so goal-driven and so uh, results-driven that they actually forget that it's human beings they're working with and not just with their clients, uh, with their staff, but with their clients as well. It's all about the numbers, right? Um, and I think now in COVID-19 as well, I'm, I'm sure you would agree that 
just at least touch base with your clients once without trying to sell something to them. Because I think that people don't realize that COVID-19 is going to end. So, um, you know, they're going to remember you if you're the guy who just phoned to see how are you doing? Are you guys coping versus can I try and sell something to you because I need money right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, yeah, it seems so obvious, doesn't it, when you, when you say it like that. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really important for us to remember in, in these discussions is that um, being business focused, being money minded, being driven by the bottom line, all of which are valid business approaches, do not need to exist in a void of recognizing the humanity of your people or, or treating them just a little bit better. Um, because, you know, what I'm always talking about is people beyond profit, not instead of, not before, beyond. We need to make money. We're not non-for-profits. You know, we need to make money. We have shareholders and stakeholders. This is not about replacing business focus or margin with humanity. This is about balancing capitalism and humanism for more sustainable businesses and more sustainable life because all of us need more than, you know, than just work. So there's much more 360 to it than that. I absolutely love that. Say that again. It's profit. Oh, profit. What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> profit beyond people, I think it was. That's absolutely people phenomenal. Beyond profit. Yeah, people beyond profit. I think beyond is a really, really important word. When I was writing uh, for the last few months, I spent a long time trying to make sure that I had the right word. And, and beyond for me is the right word. Because as I said, this is about looking for your people, looking at empathetic leadership, looking at motivation, compassion, all of these things beyond making a profit. I'm not telling you that you should be a softly, softly leader and let everyone run around and do what they want and make no money. That is absolutely not what this discussion is about. <laughs> so on, on that note, um, about your book, I think it's coming out in August 2020. I'm really excited to read it. And it's yeah. called Softening the Edge. What can we look forward to in that book? Yes, it is. And I also, it is coming out in August and I can't believe it. Um, Look, the book is, is an extension of this discussion, actually. Um, there's a lot of storytelling in the book, so I, I wrote it in a very empathetic way. Um, I didn't want it to be one of those very heavy leadership books that is really, really intelligent and you really enjoy it, but it's heavy and you look at it and think, gosh, do I have the energy for that right now? Um, so it is a story, but of course it's all around, um, around empathy and how we can imbue that into our workplaces, also into society the impact of it, some of the skills that you might need to, to bring that to life and what some of the impacts are. And of course, my story, what I saw when I took on this business over here in the Middle East and, and, and for the region um, and how I used it and, and the people around me used it and what the impact of that was. So it's definitely part storytelling and part, uh, I don't know, leadership inspiration around this sort of new focus on emotional intelligence and particularly millennials um, and how how the millennials are going to lead and what they're going to demand from their businesses. Mm, I love that. I'm really looking forward to it when it's coming out. I'm definitely going to get myself a copy. Um, just one last question in closing is for the, the CEO, the leader that's listening to this podcast now and perhaps is not yet that em empathetic leader that they can be, right? How do you go from being sort of this, hard person and everything's about the numbers and everything in business as a leader to transitioning to being an empathetic leader and you actually use a word that I want you to explain what that means you call it a regenerative leader but how can they begin that transition what can they do especially now in this lockdown period and COVID-19 with everything changing on a practical level 
Yeah, like I think that the first thing that I always say to people is that the first step in becoming a more empathetic leader or, or regenerative leader, which is, as you say, a, a term that I use more and more because I think it is about the regeneration of, of teams and of, of the energy of the business you're running and, and how we move past COVID. Um, the first step in that is the decision to do it. And the reason I say that is because our brains are what's called neuroplastic, which means that the brain can mold and change. So if you, are con if you have conviction about actually, do you know what, after listening to this podcast, I would like to be a little bit, a little bit more empathetic even, I'd like to give this a go. That decision is the first step to doing it. Because as I said, we're all born with it, we can do it. This is not a matter of can you or can't you, you can. Um, the first step is around making a decision to do so. The second one um, that is a sort of easy practical one to take away is around listening because curiosity fuels understanding. Um, and so often we hear things, but we're not listening. So I don't know about you, Mickey, but how often you sit in a room and someone says, what do you think? And you're like, oh gosh, I didn't, I wasn't, what, sorry, what? Oh, and then you feel like, oh, panic. What, what were they saying? You were there, you were hearing them, but you weren't listening. Um, so the, the second really practical area is to move towards what I would call active listening, um, which is really paying attention to people, listening to what they're saying um, and asking very sort of um, inquiring questions, curious questions. Um, you know, tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? Could you explain that a little bit more? And what you'll find is that you get massive amounts more data and information and insight from those people. So great with your teams, but really great with clients. Because if you have a client that says, look, I've got this problem and I would like you to help me solve it, by asking some of those really empathic, inquiring questions, you find out way more than what they were consciously saying. You know, the conscious problem was just the beginning of that. Um, so really um, spending some time thinking about how to listen, maybe researching it a little bit. If you Google it, you'll find lots of content out there to help you. Um, yeah, the decision to do it and really focusing on your listening are going to be two of the steps that, that certainly put you on the right road. And I really would put money on the fact that if you give that a go for a week, you'll, um, you'll see a difference. So it's, it's worth trying. Mm. I love that. I was actually, what, I, what I'd love to ask you to repeat on here if you can, because uh, I was on your Empathy for Breakfast show this week. I was listening to it um, and I found it really insightful. And I think that, you know, if there's someone out there who at this stage is kind of going, mm, okay, I get what empathy is. I'm not too sure if I can do it. How do I do it? What's going on? And this just solidified it for me. It brought it back to being human. And that was a story that you told about, I think it was this, the same person from um, Microsoft when he went for his interview. And the person who interviewed him asked him, asked him a specific question. Can you, can you re retell that story for our listeners? I love that. Yes, I can. It was. It was Satya Nadella. He is the CEO of Microsoft. And he has a book called Hit Refresh, um, which I definitely recommend. If anyone's thinking about this, he is just the most phenomenally inspiring and humble leader. And of course, he runs Microsoft, so he knows what he's doing. Um, and he tells the story of when he was interviewing for Microsoft when he was a young man many years ago. Uh, he did a whole day of interviews about lots of tech stuff and, you know, lots of sort of samples and case studies. And then the last interview of the day, uh, the man didn't ask him to do any of those things or solve any problems or write on a whiteboard. He said, I just want to ask you one question, Satya. Um, he said, if you saw a baby crying alone in the street, uh, what would you do? And Satya said, without much thinking, I'd call 911. 
And uh, the interviewer sort of led him out the room and put his arm around him and said, you, my friend, need some more empathy. If you see a baby crying in the street, you pick him up. Um, and Satya said that was the first time in the business environment, he was young, that anyone had said it and he remembers it. And obviously he writes about it to this day. Um, and it really just was poignant for him in the fact that, yes, empathy is a human skill, but our workplaces are full of humans. So that connection between humanity and doing business, um, you know, changed for him and, and certainly changes for all of us when you hear that story. I think that's such a powerful story and such a beautiful note for us to end off on. Mimi, if our listeners want to get a hold of you and they definitely want to get your book, I don't know if it's on pre-order yet, where can they get a hold of you and learn a little bit more about this? I would love to talk to them. Um, my, I'm very active on LinkedIn, Mimi Nicklin. Uh, that's probably my most active platform. I just love it. But I'm also on Instagram and Facebook with the same, uh, obviously the same name. I have a website, um, www.miminicklin.com, and all the details are on there around the book. And indeed, pre-orders start tomorrow. So I'm very excited. From tomorrow, people can, can order it. And um, yeah, I'm always happy to chat to anyone that wants to talk. So I'd love that. Okay, fantastic, guys. And I will put all of those links in the show notes for you as well. So do check that out. Mimi, thank you so much. This was such an insightful chat. Um, I really, really hope that the leaders, not just in South Africa, but from around the world, have listened to this and that they'll really begin to implement this because, you know, COVID-19 for me, as tragic as it is, it's a catalyst to greater things. And you know, I, I believe that if all of us, not just on a personal level, but on business levels, every single level of our lives can just make that short shift, that little bit of a shift to conscious living, which really includes realizing once again that we're human and so is everybody else that we're dealing with that. We're going to see this thing turn around as a catalyst for positive change. So I'm really excited to read your book. Um, thank you so much for your time and your insights. And I hope to have you back at some stage, hopefully after COVID-19. Let's see what happens. Uh, maybe one day we can have coffee back in the real world. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But oh, thank fantastic. you so much for having me. I am absolutely thrilled to join you and hopefully we can talk again. Right, guys. So that brings us to the end of my chat with Mimi Nicklin. I really hope you guys enjoyed that and that you took some value from that and that you can see how not just being an empathetic person, but being an empathetic leader really is, you know, aside from how that benefits you in business and ROIs and things like that, but how it just brings us back to that we're all human. We are all human first and foremost. Before you are a leader, before you are a mom, before you are anything, we are all human. So I hope that you took some value from that chat. I believe that you did. And I really hope that especially at this time, you will implement this in your respective organization wherever you find yourself in the world right now. And if you would like to check out some of Mickey, uh, Mimi's books, and her podcast and so on, please do check in the show notes. I have left all of those links there for you. Do go check that out as well. 
And as always, guys, if you took value from this episode and there is someone that you feel would get value from it as well, please do share the love and share it with them. And I'd love to hear some of your feedback on this episode. Any questions you perhaps have or just aha moments that you had, please do share them with me in the comments or just leave a rating or a review on this podcast or simply just drop me a DM either on Instagram or Facebook. All of those links are in the show notes for you guys. I'd love to connect with you over there as well. And I love hearing back from you guys because that's really what this is about is to share and connect with you guys some more as well. So thank you so much for joining me once again here on the Breakthrough Podcast. And as I always remind you, if you are ready to dive a little bit deeper into understanding your own emotions and your own behaviors, um, your mindsets, who you are, what makes up who you are and why you are who you are right now, and you're ready to dive a bit deeper into transforming that and creating a life that you absolutely love through practical tools and understanding how things work and why they work the way they do, then do go check out my Ultimate Life Transformation Program. It is my signature transformation program and it's digital. So you can do it from anywhere in the world on your own time from the comfort of your own home. And there are some corporates who have put their teams through that as well. So do go check that out. I've left the link in the show notes for you guys. But as always, guys, I will play out with a song that I just enjoy or that I love or that has some meaning to me. And I really hope that you'll enjoy it with me. But until next time, guys, please do stay safe wherever you find yourself in the world. Take care, practice self-care, practice empathy, not just for yourself, but for others as well at this time. But until next time, guys, sending you all much love and blessings. I can hold my breath. I can bite my tongue. I can stay awake for days if that's what you want Be a number one I can fake a smile I can force a laugh I can dance and play the part
Cause I'm up.